So Vic said, he asked this, all right. Um, I have a question about prayers for healing and not responding for children. I'm aware you have said before it could be due to unforgiveness in a person's heart being healed, among a few other reasons. Just want to hear you speak on this. So it's basically the question that's very common. And that is kind of like, why doesn't everyone always get healed? And, you know, it's a I'll, I'll, first off, let me start off by saying I don't always know and I don't know all the answers to it because each case is so very different, but we can try and give a few. Um, there's a few reasons that I know it can be based on what we see in scripture, how Yeshua treated these uh, situations with people with illnesses, what he said to them, etc. Um, and so I'm just going to go through a few of them very quickly. So one of the you mentioned in your, you know, you've mentioned that I've mentioned the thing about repentance of sin, and that's definitely one of them, you know, and where people uh, we see, for example, the layman in Bethesda, uh, where Yeshua encountered him, you know, the one he said uh, by the pool and, and then he healed him. And then in John 5, verse 14, he bumped and in, bumped into the guy again. And he, he told the man, I'm just going to read it here. John 5, verse 14. Afterward, um, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, see, you are well. Sin no more that nothing worse may happen to you. OK, so the, the question, obvious question could be is, you know, Let's just say that man, we don't know what happened to him after that. We don't read about it. But if he did go and sin, in other words, Yeshua is talking about a specific sin. The man knows what Yeshua is talking about. There is this sin that this man has got on his mind when, when the Son of God comes and tells him, go and sin no more. He's talking about this habitual sin, this thing that he's not letting go. Um, and now that indicates that. He's why would he, that would be the first thing is he says, son no more that nothing worse happens to you. So that that indicates, oh, well, what happened to him was because of sin. But if you go now ahead and you continue, don't repent, stop, turn around. Something worse from what has happened will come upon you. And so, you know, it's so that's definitely one of the reasons. And uh, this is the thing, right? And if you can take you can take this to people you meet on the street you can take this to anyone who's you're praying for. Oftentimes, I think what happens is we meet the man at Bethesda after Yeshua has already had him, but he returned to his sin. And then we bump, in, bump into that guy again, and he's back to sinning, back to doing the thing that put him where he was. And some people have even had deliverance before, and then things come back even worse. And then they're like, God, why? God, why? But they actually never repented from the thing that... And, and really this moment of God healing them the first time or showing them grace in some form is, is grace. It's mercy. It's showing them, please now turn from your sin, lest something worse comes upon you. Okay, so that's one of the obvious first ones that we have. Um, but that's not the only reason. That's definitely not the reason for everything. Okay, and then we have uh, unforgiveness, which is right. It's sin in itself, but it is worth addressing. And that, you know, Yeshua said this thing in Matthew 9. He talked about, you know, um, I'm going to read it quick. Matthew 9, verse 5. He says, for which is easier to say your sins are forgiven or to say rise and walk. He's, he's addressing the Pharisees here because the Pharisees are after him saying, you can't forgive the sins of others. You know, they, but he's saying, guys, for me to just say be healed, get up and walk. It's the same thing as to say your sins are forgiven you. 
So he's making that connection. And then he goes on, he says, um, but that you, but that you may know that the son of man has authority on earth to forgive sins. Then he said to the, to the paralytic, rise, pick up your bed and go home. Okay. So we see this thing, this connection that Yeshua is making here between forgiveness and, um, and, um, healing. He's, sa- he's basically saying literally when he's sa- telling someone, get up and walk, be healed. He's telling them you are forgiven. It's the same thing. He's literally, it's basically, it's exactly the same thing. So every time we pray for someone, they get healed. It's actually God's forgiveness in some form coming upon them. That's why he says, by your stripes, you are, by his stripes, we are healed because by his stripes, we can be forgiven and we can live in freedom from disease and etc. Okay. But then he goes on, this is a big but to this because then we see in Matthew 6, 15, if you do not forgive others, their trespasses, neither will your father forgive yours. So if we don't forgive the others for transgressing against us, then um, God can't, will, cannot forgive us because, you know, if he forgives us, no matter what our past is, he expects the same of us. And if we don't forgive others, he, Yeshua himself says, God cannot forgive us. So unforgiveness is a massive one too, um, which people, many people struggle with. Okay. Okay. Next one um, is uh, the simple one of unbelief. Okay, now, when we pray for someone, okay, we exercise belief and we all have the faith, but sometimes there is unbelief that creeps in. So really, um, for example, we see with the disciples, you guys know the story with them um, trying to cast out this demon, right? And this is in Matthew 17. The disciples come to and they just try and cast the demon out, but they can't cast it out. And Yeshua comes and he tells them, and the, well, the disciples come to Yeshua and they say in verse 19 of Matthew 17, verse 19, then came the disciples to Jesus apart and they took him aside and they're like, you know, why couldn't we cast out this demon? And then Yeshua said, because of your unbelief. For verily I say unto you, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you shall say to the mountain, move and it shall move. And nothing will be impossible to you. Howbeit, this kind goes not out but by prayer and fasting. Okay, so the prayer and fasting part at the end is the, really the crutch of this matter where he's just saying, if you want to get rid of your unbelief, basically, pray and fast. That is like the formula to get rid of this unbelief thing that you guys are struggling with. Now, if the disciples, the ones who walked with Yeshua, struggled with unbelief in some situations, because, and I, I want to submit, I think I know why it was probably because this demon possessed person was going crazy and it looked like this powerful demon because demons love to make themselves look big and whatever. Right. And they were probably like a little like, Ooh, like, I don't, we don't know if we, if the God can do this. Like that little, that doubt, that unbelief in their hearts. And then the demon couldn't, wouldn't submit because they had so much unbelief, but it was not because for them, you know, some people think, okay, no, they had to go back home and pray and fast and then they come back and then they can pray for the demon to leave. And yeah, that is an option. But I actually think Yeshua was getting to a bigger point of you suppose you're supposed to have a lifestyle of prayer and fasting. I mean, yeah, when Yeshua, what did he do right before his ministry started? He went into the wilderness, prayed and fasted, you know, 40 days. So, right. So that was like how Yeshua was able. He was a man like all of us. He had to battle his flesh. He had to battle all this stuff. But he 
prior to Faust to prepare himself for the things he, he was going to face, demons and sick disease and whatever. So, you know, that's, I love to use this as an excuse because, and when I say that, I mean, I tend to point to my unbelief many times when things don't happen because I know that that's an error I have unbelief in sometimes. Sometimes I don't see the big miracles because I don't believe and I'll, I'll admit that. We don't like always admitting that, but that's one of the reasons. I just need to pray and fast more sometimes. And that's sometimes the reason someone doesn't get healed and sometimes why the demon doesn't leave. And it's not fun to admit that, but that's a reality we see in scripture. And, the, and Yeshua told them, Oh, you guys, it's because of your unbelief and, and just, just pray and fast more then you'll be able to see the demon leave more. Okay. So, so that's one. And I think that's a big one, um, especially too, because that's on us more than it even is on, on that person. And the last one I want to just touch on is, and this is the hardest one to swallow, or I guess get your mind around, but it's really um, just how his ways are above ours. And so um, I want to remind you guys of John 9, where Yeshua came to this man or the disciples asked Yeshua. They were like, um, Yeshua, um, why was it? I'm going to read it here. John 9 verse 2. Rabbi, who sinned this man or his parents that he was born blind? So they had this idea, hey, people can sin and that's why there can be sickness and disease and things. And they were right in that way of thinking. But Yeshua, And then they asked Yeshua about this specific case and Yeshua said, no, it was not that this man sinned or his parents, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. And get what he says next. We must work the works of him who sent me while it is day, not as coming when no one can work. So and then obviously right thereafter, Yeshua heals the man. And God gets the glory and the and this man's um, blindness is actually now worth it because it is proclaimed to everyone there as a testimony and people come to Christ. They or they, you know, they come. It's a sign for them. It's a miracle. It's and what you know, we have to ask this question of was the salvation of the people who saw this testimony and turned from their sins worth this man being born blind? I would say yes. You know, the salvation of the eternal salvation of someone is worth it. Right. But now get what he says. Right. He says in verse nine, we must work the works of him while there's day. Why does why does Yeshua talk about this right after? Because if Yeshua did not pray for this man who was born blind, he would be blind for nothing because he was blind for a purpose for Yeshua to bump into him on that day for him to get healed. And for him to be that testimony he was to the people. But if Yeshua did not do the works of him who sent him while it is day, while he is able before night come when he couldn't work anymore, if he did not, then it would be for nothing. That's why he's saying that he's telling his disciples, guys, just like I'm doing it now, you do the same. Don't let this just mean nothing. Don't let the disease of people or sickness or suffering mean nothing. Let it be for the glory of God. Let God get the glory and turn a bad situation into something beautiful. Okay. So, but I want to, I want to just take this one step further quick, because this is a, this is a deeper one, right? And we see this with Moses, uh, Moses at the burning bush, right? Moses tells God, we all know this, you know, he's like, God, um, oh my Lord, I'm not eloquent. Either in the past or since you have spoken to your servant, I am slow of speech and of tongue. 
you know, Moses tells God of the burning bush, don't send me, I can't speak well. I've got this, we, we don't know what exactly was wrong, but he had some kind of a disability, either social awkwardness or physical disability, something was wrong. Um, <laughs> either way, um, Moses was afraid, and but he, he Moses refused to let God, and, and God told him, you know, just check what God tells him. He says, the Lord said to him, who has made man's mouth? Who makes him mute or deaf or seeing or blind? Is not I the Lord? Now, therefore, go and I will be with your mouth and teach you what you will speak. But he said, Moses said, oh, my Lord, please send someone else. And then we know that um, he sent Aaron with Moses to really rather help Moses out there. But it was not God's will actually to send Aaron. It was actually God's will, firstly, to let Moses do it. Because Moses' impairment was going to be used for the glory of God. God wanted to use it as a miracle. Because, uh, you know, other that's like um, him getting healed from that or him getting delivered from that and the people seeing it or God working more more strongly in his weakness because when we are weak, he is strong. And my weaknesses of being, I was, I suffer from social awkwardness and all that stuff like Moses may have. And it was from that deliverance, me, for example, submitting myself to God instead of being like Moses and saying, no, God, I can't. But actually, I was like, God, you must, I'll go, you know. You, God, you in my life, my testimony is just like God used that for his strength and he used that as a miracle so I can get out of his way, you know. So God wants to do that. So Moses' disability did not do what it was supposed to do. It don't, did not glorify God. Instead, because Moses did not... Um, allow God to trust in God, have faith in God, God was not able to heal him from that or, or do that miracle. So sometimes things just happen for the glory of God. And so one last, very last thing that I just want to say on this is there's this Middle Eastern um, folklore story, which I think demonstrates this very well. Um, there is this story which went, it's about a man um, whose horse ran away and you guys may have heard it, but there's this man. Okay. And his horse one day just ran away and his neighbor comes and he's like, Oh no, your horse, it ran away. That's horrible. I'm so sorry. And, and the man whose horse it was says, what do I know about these things? And, and then the next day or a few days later, the horse comes back with 20 other wild horses. And this neighbor comes again and he's like, wow, this was actually a good thing that your horse ran away because now you have 20 more horses. And the man whose horse it is it was said, why do I know about these things? And then a few days later, the man whose horses it was had his son train the wild horses to become, you know, more, uh, what do you call it? You know, peaceful, if you will. And then the son fell off the horse and he broke his leg. And the neighbor comes and says, oh, no, actually, these horses were, were a curse because now your son's leg is broken. And the man says, whose horses it was, why do I know about blessing and cursings? And the next day, a gang comes, a gang who's recruiting people. And they come to this, the, the man's son and they pass him by because they say, look at his leg. We don't want him. He's going to keep us back. You know, we can't recruit him. And the neighbor comes and says, wow, it's such a good thing. His leg was broken because if his leg was not broken, he would have been recruited by this gang. And the man says, 
what do I know about blessing and cursings? And so the point is just that, you know, we don't always understand why good things or bad things, blessing or cursings happen. But it may be a good thing to just wait until Judgment Day to see what the bigger picture was of why. What was it that God was actually saving us from when we broke our leg or when we were sick or, you know, when, the, when God didn't stop the bullet. Why did God not stop the bullet? We don't know, but in, maybe in the bigger picture from his perspective, there's something that we just don't see. So sometimes God won't heal because he sees something we don't. And this just requires us to trust him. And yeah, so that's my quick take on it. <laughs> quick.